Blimey, Harry, didn't you ever wonder where your mum and dad learned it all? Learned what? You're a wizard, Harry. Hello, and welcome to another edition of The Substandard, sponsored by Calm, the number one app for sleep, meditation, and relaxation. I'm Victor Manis, along with Sonny Bunch and Jonathan V. Last. I'd like to remind you the Substandard is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just look at our podcast and search for Substandard. You'll easily find us. Please subscribe, tell your friends, and leave a review. JVL, how are you? I'm so great. I'm so great. I teased this. Mm-hmm. In a text to you guys, or maybe on Twitter, I don't remember which is is which anymore, but I made a major life change with the help of Lord Bezos. Mm. What'd you do? And it's great. And I can tell you about it if you'd like, but it'll take a minute or two. Go ahead. We have a lot of time. I am a man of eccentricities. No, I don't believe that. (laughs) And one of them pertains to the pillow, which I sleep on. Oh, you're just going to get up and walk away while I explain this story. That's okay. Changing the gear around. We're we're okay. taping in the Free Beacon office, and it's it is unsatisfactory to me how it is set up here. So keep talking. I'm listening. I will chime in. I have only one pillow on which I can sleep. Uh, I have been using this pillow since roughly the age of 18. <laughs> Hate to see that pillow. I'm, I'm sorry. You've been using this the same actual physical pillow or the same brand of pillow. <laughs> The same pillow. That's gross. It's gross. It's it's. it's I, I believe the word is unhygienic. And because this, has, this is not this is not five years later. This is not ten years later. Nearly thirty years later. I believe my pillow is older than something like forty five percent of our listeners. Yes, fifty. Go ahead. This pillow is nearly perfectly flat. And a million it, years old, of course it is. And it has an indentation in the center of it, which is perfectly contoured to my neck. So it's and a very so tiny indentation. I can't, I, I can't, I literally cannot sleep without mm-hmm. this pillow. Uh, mm-hmm. This pillow travels everywhere mm-hmm. I travel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, literally, I have to take the pillow. I cannot wait sleep not on it. And so wait pulls, a minute, when you travel, how about when you go overseas? You pack the pillow in your suitcase? 100%. You don't use the hotel pillow? A hotel pillow. <laughs> Use the hotel pillow. De- so tell me, what is the decontamination process that hotels go through for their pillows between guests? Uh, I believe they use pillowcases. Oh, and the pillowcases, which are made of cotton. That cotton is impermeable. I bo- Sonny, help me out here. It's made of mithril. You're, you're asking me to reason with an insane person, and, and that is what's even the point. All Do you I'm bring saying- a sleep sack with you on top of the bed as well? Uh, I sure I get, tell you what I sure do though. At a hotel, I take those the the comforters that don't get washed between guests. That <laughs> goes right in the closet the minute I walk into a that's walk your, into a that's hotel ridiculous. Room. I I need those comforters where you take care of my business. <laughs> okay, so I have been in tension <laughs> with these two these two intrinsic mm. poles which mm-hmm. I feel the yes. one is the hygiene and yes. I'm not going to lie yes. having yeah. a 30 year old pillow is disgusting yeah as Sonny said I don't disagree 
Yeah, I mean that's that has a. It's cumulated... probably all like yellowish shit. All it's, it's probably just... that pillow is probably mostly uh, skin flakes. At this point. <laughs> uh, it's, it's no longer stuffed with goose feather. It's it's <laughs> now pillow, just that your detritus. Be, that, that pillow used to be made human, of. It's a human pillow. It's a human pillow. <laughs> that pillow used to be made of uh, like you know foam or feathers or something, and now it is ninety percent JBL or something. Hairs. And... It's look. Skin. I'm not here to defend the pillow. I'm not. I'm not telling you that it. Oh no, it's perfectly hygienic. It's not. It's disgusting. This is why you want a new. But pillow. I needed it. I couldn't sleep without it. Uh-huh. And so, but if it's I so have, flat, have you ever tried to sleep without a pillow? I have. Like and the, the point Japanese need, tatami style. I need just a little bit of support. You just need a bump. So I, uh, I have been thinking for years mm. about getting a new pillow, and then last week. Uh, one of my children woke me up at like 2.30 in the morning and I got them put back to sleep. And then I sat and I communed with Lord Bezos. And Lord Bezos was able for the sum, the paltry sum of like $400 to send me a wide array of pillows, all of which advertise themselves as being exceptionally flat. And one of them was a winner. How many, you you, you spent $400 on pillows. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. How many pillows did you get? A large number of pillows. How many pillows? We're talking like 10 pillows? 20 pillows? Fewer than 20. So fewer like, than 20, but more than 10. Fewer than 15. Fewer than, so fewer than 15 and more, more than, than 10. nine. <laughs> and uh, when you're, you, just to decide which pillow you want, you spent this amount of money. The, can you return the other pillows? Well, sure, because I didn't okay. sleep on them. I didn't even take them out. Believe yeah, me. Okay, so you're with, testing them and then you send them all, back. Okay. No, no, so no, no. I am not testing the pillows and sending them back. You're just looking I at them. I am observing them. <laughs> because you can, you can tell from looking whether or not these pillows are flat. Because they all say ultra slim, crazy slim, galactic slimness. Because there are dozens of people like me. If you go out onto the message boards of Sleepopolis mm-hmm. and Sleep Like the Dead, who look for, who need, who crave, who require very, very flat pillows. And I found one. So you're never fluffy. <laughs> I found one which is perfect. It is the Luma Life Lux. And what it is, this is the genius of it. It is eight tiny, yeah, tiny How much is that? So layers. Better, uh, no, it's not that expensive. It's not that expensive. Bad, it's not that. It's say. like 50 bucks um, or 40 bucks. It's the same price as all these pillows. Um, it, it comes with eight uh, pancake-like layers of memory foam, each of which is no thicker than about one-eighth of an inch. And so you just choose how many You're giving of those, a free advertisement. How many of those you need to okay. stack to uh-huh. make it your level of preferred thinness. This, this is the thing. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. And so I it turns out I need two of them, two of the pancakes. <laughs> Not one, but the two pancakes are perfect and because it's memory foam, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it, it allows where me. Your neck is? Well, no. So it, it allows you to, to get the depression where your neck is that otherwise I had to carve out over the course of decades with my old pillow. And so what I think I need to do now is just buy like 30 of these and stash them in case they go out of business. I hope they don't. But this way I could literally have a new pillow that is perfect for me like once every two years. And so I could get all of my hygienic itches scratched while also getting all of my flat pillow itches scratched. You are worse than the princess in the pea. That, that's I can't believe you guys aren't excited by this. What do you do for pillows? What I'm, I'm. It has so much RAM. I'm very curious to know. Uh, 
So this was the only. Did one I break you? This was the because I got to tell you, I broke my wife. It's yeah. When, yeah, we when know. She saw. She when started she texting saw us. The the. I'm not even kidding. She when she saw the flatness of the one, she's like, "What the hell is that?" Right. And I said, "Oh, that's my new pillow." Oh, she thought and it was a dish mat. Her, she thought it was a dish mat. Her eye started twitching, and she couldn't stop it. Yeah, I have a whole segment here ready to ask you about pillows, but you beat us to it. Did I blow our saying? I blew a bit? Only because she'd been setting us uh, texts telling us about how insane you are. So we totally were ready for this, but I was going to bring it up, but you brought it up anyway. But uh, tell us about the flat. So the flat, what about her? I mean, so what is she? Is she does she care as much about pillows as you do? She doesn't care about the individual pillows so long as she has a lot of them. She wants a mountain of pillows, and she doesn't care what the mountain is created from, if it is goose down or memory foam. She just wants, like, 15 pillows stacked like the Rockies. How about, have you ever considered, what's the add-on cable I see all the time? The My Pillow. The My Pillow, where the guy presses the pillow. Now it's comfortable, but I'm not going to hold it down for you all night. You know that one? No. Too thick. Are you curious about that? No. No, you're not. There, there's I'm a, kind of curious. Out there in the uh, sleep I mean, space. They advertise it, the substandard. Out there in the internet sleep space, mm-hmm. there's a lot of discussion about what a scam the MyPillow is. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, take that, wow. Mr. Trumpy McCrumpelstein MyPillow. Question. He's a big Trumper, too. Question. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Yes. Sorry. Um, when you say that you spend a lot of time on the sleep web, is this like the dark web? Yeah. Do you, do you have to have a Tor account? To access it, do you do you uh, while you're on inappropriate this, while images you, while you're on the sleep web? Um, do you have to use a VPN to make sure nobody knows what you're looking at? Well, I use my Express VPN because I want to make sure that the big mattress, big mattress, doesn't know I what you're looking at. Who I can't name. We we got a new mattress, but I think I'm not allowed to talk no, about you're that. Not. Um, <laughs> it's in the contract. It's uh, I I would say that. The sleep web is bigger than you could ever possibly imagine. Like, you can't imagine how big the the internet that is devoted to, like, sleep stuff actually is. <laughs> People care about this. Mm. Like, you wouldn't believe. Well, you sleep for a third of your life. You want to be comfortable while you do it. <laughs> I would love it if I could sleep for a third of my life. Yeah. You sleep for an eighth of your life. Yeah, you sleep for a sixth of your life. But I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a flat uh, pillow person myself. Yeah. Though. I don't like fl- I don't like like the the fluffy kind where your ears are covered and you feel like you're being enveloped in it, and then you're you know you're like, well. People whose heads don't weigh thirty five pounds wouldn't don't have, that have that because that's me with even the flat pillow. It just goes in. I just tend to sink into the mattress. What do you? So what do you guys do for pillows? What pillow, whatever problem? the pillow is, you know, my wife bought it. That's fine with me. And there's two. But there's one that's there's a couple that are so fluffier, can, and there's I use one pillow. I have you can much, function in the world no yeah. matter what pillow is under your head. Yeah, I have I have much more. What must it like to be able to experience the world in that way? <laughs> I have but people who sleep eight hours, right? It's like I have much stronger thoughts about blankets than pillows. Oh, like I need a heavy blanket, a down. Do you need a weighted blanket or no, a down? I don't, need, I don't need a weighted blanket. Do you know what I don't those need, are? I don't need a yes, uh, but and I don't need a down blanket because mm. I don't need Love to be those. hot necessarily. Mm. I just need the f- sensation of being, being covered, covered in cocoon and like cradle. Yes, mm-hmm. I need that. I need to feel like I'm in the womb again. That's that's how I. But but this has led to a number of things like me uh, always having the AC on at like mm-hmm. 68 degrees and having our ceiling fan going full blast because I do get hot. Have you read I, about the jet bed? What's the jet bed? <laughs> this is why we need. Uh, this is why we need a guide through the dark sleep web. This is the dark sleep so web. So for couples who have differing preferences, mm. the way 
I'm not sure how your spouse feels, but some one cup one spouse sleeps very hot, the other sleep likes yes. to sleep very cold. Yes, we're the exact opposite. They have what's called the jet bed, and it it uh, it's like a an air compressor that sits at the foot of the bed, and it funnels air through to both sides individually, and you can get one side getting cold air and the other side getting hot air, so that you can both be under whatever amount mm-hmm. of covers you both need, but both be experiencing in your own chambers mm-hmm. the ideal temperature. I was thinking about getting actually the sleep mattress after I saw the Kirk Cousins commercial. Kirk Cousins and his wife, he does the one with the number. You get your, you oh, know, the sleep, sleep number, number bed? Sleep the sleep number bed. Sleep number if it worked for Kirk Cousins, well, it didn't work for him last Sunday. But if it worked Question. generally, I it's an, air, it's an air mattress. It's an air mattress. Question. Yes. Is everything that is advertised on TV considered a scam to the dark sleep web. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you, people point, on the dark Sonny. sleep web Good look question. at things that are on TV and they're like, look at these noobs sleeping like Suckers. idiots. Mm-hmm. Suckers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally missing out. It's like, if, it's on, if it's on, it is like Ginsu knives to Henkels or to Wustoff. That is The that Ginsu is knives cut through cans. Did you question. see that? It cuts through the can. I actually have a knife question. I, because yes. I saw I saw an advertisement for something, and I was like, "Oh, those look like kind of crappy knives." But actually, they turn out to be not crappy knives. Kamikoto knives are these? You know, like, just because they have Japanese hard. name, don't it's, just go and buy. No, it. That's don't. My, just, you know, okay. the only one I would say is Global and Shun. Hmm. Those Miyabi. are very good. No, I have Miyabi. My oh, really? Miyabi is. <laughs> it's such a it's such an awesome knife. It scares me to use it. Oh uh, yeah, I've got like a um, I've got a cleaver. That what and my mother bought in Chinatown, and it's only used for body, human bodies, that I only use for. I mean, it's just go well, right through bone. It, you could use it in Civil War if you needed like a two minute. We need to amputate this guy in two minutes. Okay, let me get this cleaver from Chinatown. That'll do it. Can we still say Chinatown? <laughs> that's a good. It's like another eighteen a, months tops. Yeah, before, before the whole idea of Chinatown is a thing very, you can't say anymore. That's right? A very good point. But that's the problem you can't just call it Asian town because there's a mm. Chinatown and a Korean town. Yeah, they don't want to be and a. They don't want to be called. I think a Tokyo you better now? just use the, the cross streets. <laughs> <laughs> I was over at H and Seventeenth. I don't know that place with the arc, the colorful arch. H and Seventeenth okay. is where the prostitutes are. H and like Seventh is where the Chinatown is. Sonny would know that. Sonny, how are you? How was your weekend, Sonny? Uh, fine. I slept on a regular pillow, like a non-maniac. And... <laughs> Do you really? So you are like Vic? You could just use whatever pillows there. You don't I have a pillow that no, is yours I don't, that I don't, you have to have. I don't. I don't have any strong feelings about pillows. If pillows, I had a choice between no a fluffy feelings. and a flat, I'll take the flat. But go ahead. I sorry. kind of prefer flat. I prefer flat, but I will just sleep on whatever. It doesn't matter. For Christmas this year, I'm getting each of you the Luma Life Lux. <laughs> <laughs> but is this don't, don't don't make us feel like we have to get you something yeah, now, now for we Christmas. Have to you See, like, what are we, this is terrible. You guys never get me anything. I always get you guys presents. You never get me anything. I don't presents have a problem all. with men, it. Men don't give no, each other no, presents. No, no, I'm, I'm with yes. That's I don't true. have don't a get, problem with it. That's just the way our presents. relationship is. It's unrequited love. It's, it's abusive. Fine. Yeah. No, it's fine. So otherwise you're fine, funny. <laughs> yeah, nothing I'm else to report. To, I'm trying to okay. think. I've, I've, my right, mind is fine. my mind is just a blank now after okay. that. All that's that fine. talk about the did dark you, sleep yeah. web. Did you watch sweet. Chav Arthur again? The way I, I asked would, you to? No, I would. Ne- I will never watch Chav Arthur again. I'm gonna I watch have, it this weekend with my have, mother-in-law. I have a I have a finite amount of time, and I have to watch very important movies. I don't have time to watch trash King Arthur <laughs> reboots for failed cinematic universes. Sorry. Wow. Okay. Well, I was gonna say. Uh, I was going to sleep fine since we're all talking about sleep, but uh, I'm a light sleeper also. If Kate can't sleep, then I can't sleep. Like if she gets out of bed, then I'm awake. 
if she's not in bed, then I'm awake. And this was one of the things that happened uh, yesterday. She's two pillow. I'm one pillow. I can't tell. You know, I mean, but every normally she's a good sleeper. But uh, for any number of reasons, too many things in her mind that she's thinking about, busy day, whatever it is, then she was, uh, then she was up, then I'm up. So I didn't have that much sleep. Uh, and I was thinking about uh, when she uh, it lived and grew up in Connecticut, her problem, she said, was she, she had problems sleeping because uh, at the Dwyer house, too many clocks. <clears throat> uh, Mrs. Dwyer, is, uh, she's a clock obsessive. So like all, it's like Captain Hook's ship. So everything's just this constant, like it's like a Hans Zimmer soundtrack. So it's just constant ticking. Like Siler and Heroes. Yes. And the problem is, and then they have clocks that chime in that. So whenever I'm there in Connecticut, like every hour, every half hour, every 15 minutes, you'll hear some clock going up, but they're not all synchronized. So they go off like one after the other. You will have 12 chimes because it's midnight. I can count. I'm like, what time is it? Oh, it's midnight. And then like 30 seconds later, the other clock goes off. And then it's this concert, but she said, but it drives Kate crazy. She says it's like she said it's very German of my mother-in-law. It's like tick tock, tick tock. Time's a wasting. Got to hurry up. Time's a wasting. You know, because constantly wow. in your mind, and that probably uh, explains why uh, in our house I think we only have uh, one clock, and that's in the kitchen. But speaking of clocks on the wall, over the hey. weekend, it oh, took me was, very was long. Too, that was too obvious. It was too obvious. I saw that coming. I had a different away. one. I had a different one. Right. Speaking B plus. of speaking, B plus. Speaking of torture, over the weekend, torture director Eli Roth was at the top of the box office. Don't you prefer the first he didn't one? Direct torture, torture, torture porn. Movie. That's what you're thinking. Yeah, well, it's okay. Over the weekend, the house with a uh, clock in it was the first one was better. Took the top spot at the box office with twenty seven million dollars, followed by a simple favor. Again, what is that again? What is a simple favor? Is that the Paul Feig movie? We don't even know. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Okay. Oh, is it like um, uh, It's not like a simple plan. No, it's not. I would prefer. Uh, Simple favor with $10.4 And in third place, The Nun. Still hanging in there with $10 And it vows to break all kinds of records. Hi-yo. Hey, hey, thank you. Its budget was $22 million. Nonetheless, it has now grossed over $100 million. Domestic Gene should have seen The Nun. But man, it would be hard to see that movie. For anybody, why? Because um, it's bad. It must be terrible. It looks terrible. It'd take a miracle for Gene to see that movie. Uh, Sonny, you saw the house with a clock in its walls. Am I the only one here who <laughs> saw? I saw no reason for me to see this. I saw no reason walls. for me to see this movie. No yeah. reason. Well, no reason. I mean, it's not like you're going to be talking about it on a podcast even or I, anything. Even if I saw it, what I'm going to tell it was good. I didn't it's like not it. like you're going to have to. I add nothing to that. Tell people about the movie. How about so not, give us a review and we'll get a feel of it. How they should go see it. Um, uh, the house with the clock in its walls is set in the 1950s in Michigan. And it uh, is about a young orphaned boy who uh, goes to live with his crazy magic obsessed uncle and discovers that his eccentricities are actually his strengths. And he uh, he learns how to do magic. And they uh, he and his uncle, who uh, was played by Jack Black, as well as their kooky neighbor, who is played by a powerful, uh, who's played by a, a who is a witch uh, that is very powerful, and she is played by Kate Blanchett, um, have to figure out why there is a clock in the walls of this house that Jack Black lives in. Turns out, doomsday clock. It's a doomsday clock, and uh, they have to figure out how to how to stop that before. An evil wizard who killed himself and has been brought back to the dead by the little orphan boy who is learning how to do magic uh, has to, you know, he wants to end the world. And the evil wizard is played by? By Kyle MacLachlan. Yeah. Okay. Uh, best known as 
the weird guy, the creepy guy on Showgirls. That's that's always how oh, I really? that is literally that's literally that's the first what movie I think, I think about of, him. Although he was good at that, you know, I, I, Blue I Velvet or you know or Dune or Dune. That's or where like, I first think of a comic yeah, Lachlan or Twin Dune, Peaks or Twin whatever. Peaks. Twin Peaks. It, but no, for me, it's always like hey, it's that skeezy guy from it, Showgirls. It tainted, you know what? The last thing that's the last thing we remember. And he even <laughs> had a stint on Sex in the City. But you're right, yeah, no. the, the Doors, the, isn't he in the Doors? Yeah, he plays Ray Manzarek. That's yeah. right. Um, Okay. But uh, you anyway, know, Colin McLaughlin is good. He's he's kind of underused. He's barely in the movie, um, which is it's kind of an odd choice for him to be to be cast in it at all. But I look here's the 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 weirdest thing about this movie is that it is directed by Eli Roth, as you kind of hinted at in the second terrible transition, uh, uh, who is best known for his kind of hard R, bordering on NC seventeen. Um, uh, torture porn uh, gore exploitation flicks movies like Hostel Hostel 2 uh, The Green Inferno um, that sort of thing uh, and he he is here working on a PG movie and it's very much a PG movie there's no real violence there's no cursing there's no sex it's it is it is a it is a movie for kids mm. um, that has some I it's think amazing. I think has some appeal to adults I mean I'm uh, it's always hard for me to tell with these things because I'm so into kind of like what is actually going on in the movie itself, you know, the filmmaking and the the stars yeah, yeah, yeah. and and that sort of thing. But like it, it, it reminds me a bit of um, it's much more. It's been much more successful, but it reminds me a bit of a a, a movie that came out a few years back called Cirque de Freak, which <laughs> starred John C. Riley as a vampire um, uh, who like turns a little mm-hmm. kid into mm-hmm. his, his mm-hmm. assistant, his vampire assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, had like all sorts of weird, um, uh, uh, cameos and like big actors and actresses in very small parts. Like Salma Hayek was in it for a minute. Mm-hmm. And, um, what's his name? Let them fight. Um, Ken Watanabe was in it. Uh, mm-hmm. and like it, it had like all of these, it had all of these little cameos. I was like, Oh, this is cool. This is neat. Kind of like a very cheap, smaller scale version of the Harry Potter movies, which mm. we could talk anyway. about that in a little bit. Yeah, but uh, I I liked it. I thought it was a totally acceptable uh, young adult action adventure adaptation type movie, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it it really is. I mean, look, you know, people people give Eli Roth a lot of crap for being a you know a kind of a sensationalistic filmmaker, but he is perfectly competent. At making a, I mean, and that is like nothing to sneer at. I like when I say perfectly competent. I mean, I, I like mean that in the nicest way possible. He knows how to frame a shot. He knows how to move a story along. He knows how to uh, go from point to point. He knows how to play things subtly. I mean, there's a there's a whole um, very under the surface uh, kind of subplot about the Holocaust in this movie that is like not is not really harped on. It is it is just kind of in the background and gets at the themes about mm. how we move on from tragedy and how we how we get on with our lives. Um, so I mean I, I I think it's I think it is a good kind of you know if you got a thirteen year old you don't know what to do with them get them out That's there the see this see this sort of and, movie and it's based on a, a very popular book it's based on well i mean it's based on a young adult mm. novel that has been in print for i don't know 40 years now is that um, right but i i it's, this is the first i was hearing yeah, of it was these know. the the you know the advertising for this movie um which is unusual usually i have some awareness of mm. these books mm-hmm. um but it, it gets into the, this gets into one of the things i wanted to talk about today which is like the whole industry of uh, adapting young adult novels is very fascinating to me because it seems like they keep trying to do it over and over and over again with very limited success. Yes. With the exception of the big crossover ones, mm-hmm. right? Like you have like your big hits like your Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. 
um, your Hunger Games, your Twilight. Uh, and it is... It, my question on those is... Were they successful because they were crossovers like, oh, look, here's an action adventure movie that's also a YA novel? Were they just capitalizing on the fact that these movies uh, are based on books that had just come out, right? Like the Harry Potter books had just come out. The Twilight books had just come out. You know, yeah. the, the Hunger Games books were they were all incredibly popular and they were also very, very. But also you have like the Divergent books, which are very popular and not as successful movies. Right. Right. So anyway, uh, I, you know, it, a kind of secondary thing to look at here, JVL. I know you're a huge fan of the Harry Potter books, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And you were a modest fan of the Harry Potter movies. Mm, what What is a little bit less than modest? Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're mm-hmm. like, you're like, eh, they're fine. Some are better than others. Like three of them are mildly competent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but like here's... It, 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 and now you have this whole Harry Potter mm-hmm. spin-off thing, which is basically asking, will people enjoy Harry Potter movies without Harry Potter? Oh, right. Well, I'd like to talk about this because I just saw Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them yeah. last night. And I'm I'm like I'm kind of curious about yeah. uh, you know, what what the the odds of success of a series like this are. Can From I also, a huge Harry Potter fan. Can, can I also ask a question of JVL first? Sure. Um, the Harry Potter books, have you do you read them to your kids or no? Is that like bedtime reading or no? Uh, Shannon reads them to ah. our kids because she is a uh-huh. tremendously mm-hmm. gifted mm-hmm. reader, uh, and it, she does the voices and the yes, whole nine yards. Yes, I like doing I like doing that as, as well. But there's other ways you could put your kids to bed, right, JBL? That's that's a lackluster transition. I but that's okay. I thought that was good. That was Thank way better you, than the Sonny. clock one. I agree. I thought I, I at least slipped that one. one. I surprised Sonny on that one. That was so <laughs> this is so here's where we talk about my buddies at calm dot calm. Calm, calm, calm dot com, C A L M dot com, uh, who have this fantastic app that everybody with children should should listen to. So uh, it's an app you subscribe to it, and it gives you access to this enormous world of like meditations and guided body scans. But the part we use it for most in our family. And as I say this every week, uh, we have been calm users for years, uh, and we pay full freight for it, and it's worth every penny. They could double the price, and we would still gladly give them our money uh our sleep stories they have this enormous library which they're always adding to of stories to put children to sleep and as a for instance last night my two-year-old the little one who we don't have a nickname for woke up and he was very very unhappy and he was having bad dreams about bees and he was concerned that there were bees in his room and it was just it was a nightmare. So we tried putting him to bed. He woke back up. He didn't want to, don't leave me alone. Don't leave me alone. So I went downstairs to his room. I laid back on the easy chair with him. And I said, would you like to listen to a story? And he was like, yes, story, please. And so we put on Miss Tamara Levitt and Ella's Treasure, one of our favorite stories. And I, I've mentioned to you guys Tamara Levitt, who is my You're single big fan. Favorite, like favorite reader of all time. And I want, to, I want to play her voice for you so you can understand what I love about her. And when you're ready, close your eyes. Now that you're all tucked in, we'll start our story. That is the great Tamara Levitt. And her voice is like ambient for your soul. And I, Well, she's got a little vocal fry going. I like that. Everything yeah. about her voice is magical. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm not kidding. 45 seconds into Ella's treasure, uh, the G-Man was dead asleep on my chest. And it's just magic. And it's like been like this for all of my kids. 
I, I believe it is true that 90% of every single bedtime, my three youngest kids fall asleep listening to sleep stories from com.com. It is, I, I've said it before, I will say it again, uh, their, their corporate motto should be better than Benadryl. So people should do this if you have kids. I suppose if you like meditation, you should try com.com too. I, I can't really speak to that because that's not how we use it at home, uh, but I'm sure it's great. But man, the sleep stories they have are worth every penny if you have kids. Uh, so you should you should subscribe. All you have to do is go to calm.com, C-A-L-M.com slash substandard, and they will give you 25% off of a premium subscription, which is a tremendously great deal. Uh, we in the last family do not do 25% off. We pay full freight, and full freight, and we are totally grateful for it. Uh, it's absolutely worth it at twice the price. Unlimited access to all of their stuff, all their sleep stories, all of their meditations. Uh, calm.com slash substandard. That's C-A-L-M.com slash substandard, and you will get 25% off. Go today. Thank you, JVL. Uh, a question about that also. Is it original content, the stories that they have? Uh, so some of them are stories written for them. Mm-hmm. Some of them are readings of just like traditional stories that people have adapted, like yeah. you know Cinderella or right. The Wind in the Willows. Right. Uh, some of them are read essays because they have them both for kids and for grown-ups. It, it, it would of be an interesting gig. It would be an interesting gig to write. Uh, oh yeah, for them. Believe you know. me, One, I, I write things that raise people your, fall asleep to anyway. So. Raise your hand if you are dying for them to ask you to to maybe maybe <laughs> not you read like to take not your, to read it. To write. No, I couldn't read it. I don't have that sort of the pipes. <laughs> But they're amazing, and the, so they—they yeah, uh, they have the one for Yellowstone. They do yeah, a reading of the guy. I, I believe the guy's name is John Weir, who was the first explorer to go through oh, the area okay. that is now Yellowstone. Oh, and so they read his diaries. Oh, and it's just yeah, so it's both interesting yeah, and beautiful, and then it just lulls you to sleep while you think about a place that is better that doesn't have bees in it. Very nice. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's go back to without, our... Without bees, all the plants will die. That's true. There's a bee shortage. We have a bee shortage. Bee. I'm softer on bees than I am on hornets. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, oh, yeah. No, 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 I mean, hornets, we no, should just make very, extinct. Yes, hornets, they're terrible. Hornets are the... Particularly... The, the animal kingdom. Of the stinging... Yes. Of the stinging... Of the yeah, stinging particularly in world. August and in September when they get very, very angry. I got tagged by six of them oh. when I was down at the beach. Oh. And they can wow. sting you more than once. That's, that's yeah, that's the, the other part. thing. It's, it's like you know, it's like they figured out a way around the sting and die. The sting and die yeah. thing. Yeah, it's the yeah. worst. Which as a kid, I always took a lot of comfort from the idea that at least he that sting, well, yeah. at least he, he died. died. Yeah, and now to know that they yeah. can sting Justice. multiple times like Macaulay Culkin and, and, stay, and not, not My Girl, not Stand By Me, and my, at the end of My Girl. That's terrible. Okay. Uh, talking about the YA world, Sonny, you had a deep thought about the Harry Potter. T- can it stand on its own? Like, do people want, for example, well, in Harry November. Potter without Harry Potter. Like, what right, is that? Like, right. November. Who thought that was actually a good idea? Because the sense I get is that nobody actually really likes these movies. Um, especially in the Harry Potter world. Oh, the Fantastic Beasts like series. Do the kids like them? Kids the kids like them. love them. Yeah. Or kids I think people them. miss them and they want to force themselves to like it. So there's all this excitement, for example, in the latest final trailer for uh, Crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah. Right? Oh, my gosh. There's a reveal about Nagini. Nagini's in this. You know? So everyone's getting Is excited. Is there excitement, though? I mean, are, do these movies do well? Stop. They don't. No. They don't do no. very well. They don't they do don't, that well. And they I, are solo to The Force oh, Awakens, aren't they? Kind of. Well, not quite. I don't think they're quite that bad. But the but the but but I do think the first one really underperformed, um, which, again, I think 
was surprising to the folks at WB, and also I'm kind of surprised they were surprised because again, it's you're you're making Harry Potter movies without yeah, Harry Potter it's a franchise. I'm like, what is the executives at Warner Brothers put out a piece of crap product <laughs> that they could never have imagined wouldn't get an audience reaction? Weird. They wouldn't do that. I don't any, believe they wouldn't do that, that with any other properties, that. would they? I don't believe that for a minute. Yeah. Anyway, I I but the the whole the whole kind of YA cinematic adaptation universe is fascinating to me because like you really you you have these you have like these kind of uh really big hits and you have these kind of really big bombs like the Miss Peregrine's movie and the um actually that movie made almost 300 million worldwide so it wasn't it wasn't that yeah, bad that's but weird. The, but like uh oh what was it the Lemony Snicket Lemony Snicket movie with, that Jim, with Jim Carrey, Carrey. Uh, and and these are fantastically expensive movies i mean Miss Peregrine cost 110 million mm-hmm. the Lemony Snicket movie cost 140 million dollars somehow um, I assume Fantastic Beasts was an expensive production. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. But then you have you have like cheaper ones, like how, the House with the Clock in Its Walls, which is forty or fifty million. The Goosebumps movie cost forty or fifty million. Um, things like that. And I'm, uh, but I'm also I'm always like kind of curious, like why do they make the movies they make? Like who was like this forty five year old, you know, YA book. That is that is like existed yeah. that's been around for a while, yeah. but I'm not sure is necessarily like why is that a thing we want to put fifty million dollars into and say like here's here's a property mm-hmm. here's a well they're they're all panting after Star Wars I mean this is like in the wake of Star Wars Hollywood greenlit like seventy terrible sci fi movies because they just thought well this is what the audience want they didn't think that the audience wanted. Like the amazing space opera that is Star Wars, they just thought oh people want spaceships they mm-hmm. want to see spaceships and this is in the wake of. Harry Potter and The Hunger Games were the only two that really succeeded on screen and made yeah. a lot of money. But they succeeded so fantastically. They were such sort of giant black swans here mm-hmm. uh, that they everybody thinks, well, we'll just go and do that. And maybe mm-hmm. my maybe this property has a 10% chance of hitting and a 90% chance of missing. But if it hits, it hits really, really big. Mm-hmm. But it sh- they shouldn't think that because you can see it even within the book series that there is something special about Harry Potter. There is something special about the Hunger Games that all they are first in their they're the first movers in their genres, mm-hmm. right? The Harry Potter really creates the young adult market in fiction. It didn't really exist pre Harry Potter. You had like forty years ago, you had the Catcher in the Rye, which was very different, but became mm-hmm. a young adult novel. But the young adult books were all things like. Uh, the House of the Clock and Swalls or the Babysitter's Club or the Hardy mm-hmm. Boys. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really a robust market that crossed over in sales figures into the mainstream. There was Harry one, Potter changed that. That's right. There was one that my wife remembers. I wrote it down because I saw the movie of it. Of course, I didn't read the, the book. The Babysitter's Club. No, no, no. You were no. so disappointed you ready for by this? it. No, that's a different movie. Remember John Leguizamo? <laughs> remember that one? No. This is from the mixed up files of Mrs. Basil E. Basil Frank. E. Well, Basil E. Rockweiler. Frank Rockweiler. Frank Weiler. Frank, Frank Weiler. Weiler, Rottweiler, and it's about the kids who get uh, who 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 uh, hide out at the in Metropolitan the Met, Museum. Right? Yeah, exactly. And I saw that the movie was old; it was like from the early seventies, and the old woman uh, was Ingrid Bergman of all people. No kidding. Yeah, uh, but it That's was sad, uh, isn't it? Yeah, that was like that was like <laughs> her last thing. And it, it, you should see like the poster of it. It is sad because they have this her, her hair the whole deal. But uh, that was it, as far as I knew about like that sort of YA thing, and it became 
You yeah. know, but it didn't become a thing. And Harry Potter like shows like the, same. the success of Harry Potter carves out an actual niche in publishing where YA can make enormous sums of money. And so you had, after Harry Potter hit big, you had a flood of wizarding magic books mm-hmm. in that space, like the Percy Jackson books. Yeah, and people love all that. of these things. Well, yeah. no, but the, I don't the think books, people actually books, did I mean. love them. Yeah. Like, they, their sales yeah. were always a fraction of what the original was. Yeah. And the same thing with the vampire romance novels, mm-hmm. which came after the Twilight mm-hmm. series. Now, you may not like the Twilight series. I do not like the Twilight series. But at least it was original-ish for the space. Mm-hmm. And nobody was ever able to imitate it successfully. Same thing with the Hunger Games, right? So Hunger Games pioneers these sort of dystopian warfare YA right, right. space. And then you get Divergent and a whole bunch of things which are just knockoffs of it after. Mm-hmm. And the audience can tell yeah the audience can always tell what is yeah. what is maze runner is that related to any of these or is it maze runner it's just another hunger games yeah and so this is my my theory is that the audience for the books can tell these things now they'll buy them because you you know you got to ply children with books mm-hmm. right but also you can ply children with books much more economically over a long tail than you can with a movie and if mm-hmm. the movie is you know a crappy production based on a crappy knockoff property to begin with well, we don't need another Harry Potter in the movies because we already have a Harry Potter. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You can just watch that on Amazon over and over again. You don't need to have mm-hmm. a, a second-rate Harry Potter. Mm. Will there be a Harry Potter, uh, not a prequel, but a sequel, like Harry Potter's son, Albus Severus Potter? Sure hope not. I mean, and but then they'll is... have his father. Gotta, and then they can have them as parents. Daniel Radcliffe is a father. So this is the weird thing about J.K. Rowling, who is a tremendously gifted writer. Like, she's she's a better writer than her stuff needs to be. Mm-hmm. Those books could have been just as successful if they were written with 30% less skill mm-hmm. because the, the idea was so magic. The idea. Uh, but she had, I mean, she everywhere she's better than she has to be as a writer. Um, she has shown that even though she now has more money than God, she still wants to write. And so she still wants to keep writing more, which is interesting. Uh, kind of Stephen King-like in a way. Mm-hmm. And she's shown that she wants to do other stuff. She's done some right. murder mysteries. Right. And, you know, just push Unrelated out. to. But she's also willing to revisit her original creation, which is interesting and has so far not been terribly successful. Well, it, it is, it's interesting in that it has like managed to, every time she does it, she makes some usually progressive cohort of her fans mm. angry mm-hmm. even when she's trying to be super progressive about yes. it it's very it's very you know again we don't we don't do politics here but it is interesting to like look at the reaction to her oh yeah Dumbledore was gay thing right like because you know who got the angriest about that were the liberal fans who were like you can't just say this you have to show it oh. you have to show him having sex in the <laughs> movies with a man or it doesn't count and it's just like can't oh, be with a house elf these are these are these are these are these are you know it's Dobby kids, these are kids no. movies oh no oh boy but like and we saw this in the trailer for the the, the new Grindelwald movie right like the the revelation that the snake was this woman? Yes, Nagini. And now, and everyone, and uh, I mean, I saw, I saw literally it, within minutes of this trailer going up, four or five different pieces that were like, "It's really troubling that they turn this woman into an object who's oh. owned by this Nazi-like figure." And I'm just like, "Really? Is this why we're? Is this why we're doing this? Is this why we're all watching these movies to yes. get angry about this sort of stuff?" Um, Beginning now, yes. But anyway, but like, it, it's very weird that she is like dedicated. It, it is. It is it is 
you see it a lot with uh, with actors and actresses like Scarlett Johansson, who's like super progressive and like always saying the right things, and then like gets dragged every time she makes a movie because it, yeah. it violates some mm-hmm. tenet of mm-hmm. intersectionality. And J.K. Rowling falls very much into that space of like, I'm a progressive. I hate Donald Trump. Stop yelling at me. Stop. I'm just trying it, to be good. It, but I'm it's to never be... enough. You can't ever get ahead of the revolution. No. Right. I mean, this is impossible. Yeah. I, I mean, my worries about her going back to these things is that I, I worry that in the long run, she cheapens the or dampens the appeal of the original stuff. Right. Um, I don't, I don't know that she will. It could be that uh, everybody just loves it. I mean, they built a theme park for it, right? Name the last set of books that had a, a giant theme park made for them. Uh, I think people will still read Harry Potter the way people still read Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. but, 70 years after yeah. it was written by Tolkien. I, like, I, I really think they're that good. I think it depends on how, you know, if she's straining in the next movie or a couple movies to make connections. Oh, and this is where, you know, Voldemort came from, where this is Tom Riddle's connection to these people. And if it looks like it's, like, labored, then it's not going to work. You know, but it, people but don't want to see this, that. But that's right? what this series has to be, right? The mm. whole point of this series Otherwise, is Otherwise, they don't want to see like, it. Right. The yes. introduction yeah. of Voldemort. Yeah. Like, yes. Uh, no, totally agree. But what's it? She's not doing this as a cash grab. She's doing it because she's so in love with the characters that she she just wants to go back and play with them more. Like it, it is a right. So if it's a sin, it's a writerly sin, and not a. Believe me, she doesn't need an but, extra five billion. But then, but then, why isn't she actually writing books for these? Why is she just right? I was. That was my question. Fantastic she Beasts. She has been writing books. She keeps oh. writing like short stories yeah, on her right. on, her, on the Pottermore true. website, and she she's she's dipping back into this constantly. But Fantastic Beasts and the next movie, they're not based on books. Right. I mean, the books their books now exist based on after the fact. After the movies come out, Uncl- I would have to effort that. Okay, uh, I can't say for sure. Yeah. yeah. So okay. Sorry, I'm sure we have readers who know mm-hmm. a yeah. lot more um, about this than right. I do. Right. Um, what my my dream for her was always that she would write one more Harry Potter book after mm-hmm. she finished the series, and it would be a Similarian like uh, four thousand pages. Silmar- yeah, hardcore Silmarillion. Hogwarts: yeah. A History, which is the single yeah. book which is referenced. All the way throughout the Harry Potter books and series, right. whenever there was like, you know, well, wait a minute, where did this come yeah. from? And then Hermione will consult Hogwarts of history and will t- fill in some little, like, just write that book. Yeah. That would be awesome. And she could make, it would take her a yeah. decade. And take we'll her, her a decade, and there, all you could have huge chunks that are as tell. dense and dry as possible that would be authentic in that way. Yeah, she could tell all the stories yeah. she wanted to, and she, she could build out her entire universe people without touching it. the Harry Potter stuff, and people would love it. And yeah. I still hope she does it. Yeah. Okay. Any other thoughts, Sonny? No. All right. You know, I didn't... We probably should have saved this for the Grindelwald (laughs) episode, but maybe we'll come back to it. This is a tough time, the season. Uh, I was going to say, I didn't... Were you a Y... Did you read, like, a lot of these kind of books when you were growing up? I read... They didn't exist for us, right? I mean, I read, like, Hardy Boys. I read Goosebumps. Um, I read... uh, There were some, like... Did you read the new Jack Hardy Boys or the original Hardy Boys? I read both actually. Like uh, the the like original run like yeah. and then like the the covers with them as like action mm-hmm. heroes on the mm-hmm. front. Yeah, like I, I I read both. Uh what else did I? I mean, I don't know. It's hard to remember really what I was mm-hmm. reading back then. I never read the Hardy Boys as a kid. I've only listened to them recently Doll. as audio I read a lot of Roll oh, Doll. Oh, good for you. Yeah. yeah. With your with your pipe. 
<laughs> in your elbow <laughs> patches. I will dip into some Raul doll. I mean, it's movie. Then watch it's some like Truffaut. Matilda. It's no, like no, Matilda it's, it's, and, yeah, and yeah. the, the, the highbrow children. Mm-hmm. That's not highbrow children stuff. It's, I, it's like I, I watched. I watched Vic, the Hardy Boys. I Please read. tell us. As you know, I didn't read. <laughs> I watched all these things. I watched the Hardy Boys with. Uh, God, uh, Sean, boy, they're going to... There was a Hardy uh, Boys... TV show, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was the uh, it was the brother of Keith from the Partridge family. Sean, everyone's listening to this, is yelling at me right now, his name. But he was uh, Sean, and then Parker uh, was the other brother. And Parker Stevenson, I think was his name. Parker something. And he, uh, Parker, ended up marrying... Um, Kirstie Alley. That's the only thing I remember about it in later years. But it was... Uh, um, this is the 1995 or 1969? No, no, 70s, 69, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was Sean... Hold on, I'm not oh, there sorry, yet. Sorry, you're not the, there for crying out loud. We're just dragging slow. this thing. But that's yeah, what, keep it, going. It, yeah, and, and I mean, they did uh, Nancy Drew. There was a Nancy Drew. This is all happening like in the 70s. Yeah. They just had spinoff. They turned it into TV shows hmm. that had, you know, middling success. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's otherwise I didn't. I read Choose Your Own Adventure. That's what I, you remember those. Yeah, sure. yeah, that was it. Those were so great. Yeah. So anyway, wasn't Choose Your Own Adventure uh-huh. awesome? Yeah, they were great. There was one that was particularly an espionage World War II one, fantastic, like sabotage or saboteur or something like that. Okay. Do you tell the Gestapo agent everything yes, he wants right. to know? Yes, right. No, no, no. Turn to 72. Vic yeah. is like, page 72. Page 72. <laughs> no, no, no. I remember you could get like killed quickly. It's like, oh, we have to start again. So anyway. Did you cheat when you did Choose Your Own Adventure? No, not the no, not the first time I would read it. No, I mean I could look later oh, on. I but cheated. Did you? I would always like at every decision point. I would like stick a finger in the old page where I just decided, and so I would try to like always. I literally would sit there with all four fingers and just turning the pages with my thumbs, trying to be like, so, okay. So if I die, if I go back two decision points to there, this is, I, <laughs> no, I would do the same thing, and I think this is why I can't play the like massively open video games like Fallout. You know those those games where like the characters have like multiple branching trees of dialogue because I just want to do Can't all do of it. the trees. It's too hard. I just want to be like so I get I end up in these things where I like go and, and the first person I meet I spend like thirty minutes talking to them because I'm like tell me all of the things that you know I want and it, like I just I can't play them I can't play them right. The answer is Sean Cassidy. I remember John. Sean Cassidy. Sean Cassidy. Yeah, yeah, his brother you. was uh, Keith, uh, you know David Cassidy. Uh, okay. No, you know what I remember watching as a kid? I remember watching Coma, but that was not that was based on a Robin Cook novel, <laughs> which is not YA. <laughs> what? And Michael Douglas was in that movie. Uh, and I remember because it was on TV, and I had to ask my mother, uh, what is a coma? That was a classic 70s yeah. paranoia yeah. thing. Yeah, because who is, right. who's the villain? The villain's usually like corporate. The doctor, isn't it? Yeah, the, the doctor, doctor and the pharmaceutical company yeah. or the medical company. Young female doctor takes and un- notices an unnatural amount of oh, comas yeah. occurring in the hospital. Including she uncovers a horrible conspiracy. Of course, it's the most seventies <laughs> America. Yeah, thing including possible. including you know who one of the patients was was uh, as a character, just a side actor was uh, Tom Selleck. and he plays like an actor, and then suddenly he's in a coma. It was a routine surgery. He's Rip in a coma. Torn. They're all in a coma. Rip torn. Yeah. And the actress had a French name. I forget her name. Was, uh, uh, Genevieve Bougeot. That, that's, that's the one. Okay. Why were they in a coma? Uh, so they can, a, a medical company wanted their bodies to do testing on. But like how, did, how did they get put in the comas? Was there a coma oh, drug? You ready for this? Carbon dioxide. So they or like, monoxide. So they would, it would put so they them, would like, there was like a carbon monoxide. So like, or it was like a... So they made a brain of, dead? Yes. Jeez. Yes. And it was like connecting. There was, a, there was a plant that had all the tanks of uh, dioxide and it would go into room number eight 
And then anyone who had an operation in that room, you're, that's it. And the people... Nighty night. The people in comas mm-hmm. oh, yeah, are like floating. suspended yes, they're floating. from the... Yes. Look at this. So <laughs> they have wires attached to their body, which are suspending mm-hmm. them from the ceiling. Wow. And they're like yeah. half naked. Yeah. And I mean, it, it was for purposes of space that they had the bodies suspended. And uh, so I, I didn't want... So again, I didn't. that was my version. We didn't have Harry Potter growing up, but we had coma at least. <laughs> Which so I remember asking Tom's my, River must have been an amazing place remember, in 1978. I remember asking my mother like, "What is a coma?" And she's like, "Well, you're neither alive or dead. You're in this." And I said, "That's horrifying." Okay, time for kid, time for bed, kids. Okay, uh, any other thoughts? Are we good, Sonny? How how are we doing? I usually take a sneak peek at time, but I can't see here. We're short. We're fine. It's whatever. <laughs> you don't want to talk. If you want to talk about black label, DC black label. Did you want to talk about that? You know, maybe we should save that for the outtakes. Because okay. the other thing I want to talk yeah, about, good. I finally watched the Red Letter Media Last Jedi. Oh yeah, the whole hour. Have you seen it, Victoria? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've seen it. Tell right? me. Tell it, us well, about it's, it. It's it's the uh, Mr. Plinkett. The, right. The yeah, Mr. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mr. Plinkett's last Jedi review. They did another. They did another. They did like an actual review, like a half in the bag review. It is so good. Yeah. My favorite thing, because they have all all the stuff where they they catch things that even I and my hatred of the last Jedi did not. And my favorite of them is that towards the end, when uh, Admiral Effie Trinket has destroyed the First Order fleet, was this, they, uh, what's her name? Laura, Laura Dern. Dern. Laura Dern. They cut to a uh, establishing shot of the last like fifteen Rebel Resistor types who are st- where the main characters are. St- Staring out of the, the like, you know the viewport in their spaceship to watch this amazing event, and behind them there are a bunch of extras who are just chatting. <laughs> and there's like, "Hey, bro, what's up? Like, what are we gonna do after we get to the next base? I don't know. Get a keg? Maybe we'll get some of that awesome alien dinosaur milk." And they're just, "How does that happen? Like, how? Like, how?" And then there's the macro point about how, you know, even everything is so stupid and the Ryan Johnson attempt to subvert the expectations that, so, you know, in a way they are aping, in in a very real way, they're aping Empire because everything works out bad for the rebels, right? Mm -hmm. So Ray goes to learn about the Force from Luke. She doesn't actually learn about it. Luke doesn't actually help her. She tries to turn Kylo. She fails at turning Kylo. The rebel resistance goes from 18,000 people to 18 people. And yet Ray's sort of attitude throughout the whole thing is like, yeah. And so there's this, like, as, as yeah. 99.9% of the, resi- as the, of the resistance is dying, mm-hmm. we have a shot of her in the Millennium Falcon, like, shooting things. And she's like, yeah, rock and roll. I love this. You know? And then yeah. the end, there's no say. They're like, look, we have all what we need mm-hmm. to resist. Oh, if oh, you only yeah. needed 18 no, people, then it. why did you That's have those other 17,900 people die oh, for you? Like, what, yeah. it, it just sort of sub, it, it obliterates all the stakes that the yeah. movie has laid out for you ahead of time. It is like Rian Johnson is not just subverting expectations, but he is telling the audience, don't care about this. You shouldn't care about this. I don't mm, care yeah. about any of this, and you shouldn't either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, and there, there, again, I, I do think there is a good movie somewhere in there that just gets rid of all the Rose and Finn stuff. And like, you know, that was my, that was in the a, that casino. Was, yeah. That was a good point uh, that the red litter media guys make about like, well, they've got the ship that can just get people off the ship. So why not get all the people off the ship? Why not get all the people off the ship? Just jump light speed, come back, jump light speed, come back. <laughs> it's really, it's really bad. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's really, really bad. And there is the, he hints that Kathleen Kennedy is 
unhappy about it from like things gleaned from the supplementary material mm. uh there's a great shot of like Rian johnson talking sitting on a sofa next to kathy kennedy and there's this look on her face which is like the chris christie thousand yard death stare <laughs> where she's like what have i gotten myself yeah. into it mark hamill slags off on Rian Johnson endlessly. It's it's tremendous. It. Yeah, it's any if you it's haven't terrible. seen it, go go find the Mister Plinkett Last Jedi review. It's I did amazing. see that half in the bag review of Predator. The Predator yeah, yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it really is. They they disaster. wind up having the same view of basically all cinema that we do. It's which is a little pretty, terrifying. Pretty pretty close. Mostly, it's pretty like, close. I didn't think anybody else saw the world the way the three of us do. But you know right. what they don't have? Gene. <laughs> Okay. You know what they don't have? Dozens of fans. <laughs> you never hear Pillow Talk and Dark Sleep oh, Web on. No, this, on is, this is what keeps them coming media, back for you? more. It's what keeps them coming back for more. Unfortunately, that's all the time we are giving to this episode. Questions, comments, complaints, compliments. Tweet us at Victorita Mattis, at Sunny Bunch. At JV Last. Again, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play. Just type in Substandard and Podcasts. We're there. Leave a review, tell your friends. Until next time. So you mentioned, I didn't see this in the news. You mentioned it, the Black Label. DC Black Label, this is going to bring in more readers. So DC is launching a new Black Label line of comics. For adults. Yeah. Does it come wrapped in like a plastic bag kind of a thing? I don't know. I haven't been to the comic book shop since Flash made fun of me the last time. And uh, so I sent did I send you the pictures? No. Of what's in uh, no, the, what no, leads no, the first? No, no, no. The big the big reveal, so to speak, so to speak. 3 what time is it, Sonny? 12:13. 3 panels of Batman. Do we have to bleep? I don't know. That's his organ. Anyway, really, and that's that's going to do it. That's going to because because what the problems Warner Brothers Mm -hmm. and DC have been experiencing with their intellectual property over the last ten years, Mm. all because they haven't shown enough Batman, Mm -hmm. more Batman. That's what we need. That's that is going to fix this whole problem. It just like who's running the ship over there? Who who is saying we are sitting on this mountain of intellectual property? And none of it's going well. And so the way we're going to dig ourselves out of this hole is just go do that. Who? Yeah. I. Well, but, I mean, it. it's dumb. Mm-hmm. It's dumb on every level. Uh, but also, DC tried to do, a, like, a line of comic books for adults. It was called Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Vertigo's still around, right? Mm-hmm. More or less. So why not just have a Batman Vertigo book? But I, I don't know. This is what I'm saying. Like, but I, also, uh, but yeah. also, do we need that? That's not mm-hmm. I, like we, we go ahead. We don't. I don't think we we don't need any of it except for if they do a black label Supergirl or black label Batgirl. Well, this is a no. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. But this is this is like a real point. Is that like you would think that the actual market for like comic books with nudity in it would be. 
not for the male character. Assuming, 100%. assuming these boys but, are reading comic books. But, but, the but that is, would be so problematic. That's the problem. I mean, right. They so you would, can't do that so because they're all so yeah, progressive. Because they're all such good liberals that I, you don't want to objectify. Going, you would couldn't it, would possibly you, have a it, Harley Quinn black label <laughs> comic. I mean. Would you be, could you, if you were a 14-year-old boy, could you purchase this comic book? Or would it be like trying to purchase like, you know, back in the olden days, you know, Hustler or something? I remember when I was 15, I bought a, a trade paperback <laughs> of Sin City. And, I, and when I bought it, I was just like, oh, Frank Miller comic. Like, I know this is, like, I read Wizard. Like, this is, a, like, kind of a, you know, a harder edge comic. And I took it, and I, I, like, went to pay for it. And, you know, the comic book guy who I was, like, you know, friendly with, I would see him once a week, and we were, you know, he was just like, I'll sell this to you, but you you cannot tell your parents you bought it here. And I was like, what? Give me more of them. I'm going to buy How two many copies. other Sin City yeah. books do you have? Uh, so that was, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm sure that was fine. 